This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them And we are back for another edition of The Onside Kick, your NFL, or I should say, professional football podcast. Because, Mark, as it was kind of, there were droppings, like, throughout the past of, like, oh, this may be coming. But today we got some pretty big news about maybe a lockout coming to the NFL. So we may be an XFL podcast um, for at least a year um, as so we are reporting, we're going to talk about the news about a potential lockout in the NFL. We're also going to take a look at the Minnesota Vikings. They're trying to get Kyle Rudolph locked down. We're going to talk about, is that a good idea? What should they do with Kyle Rudolph? Then we're going to take a look at the Dallas Cowboys and their Super Bowl expectations and if they should be favorites for the Super Bowl. But before we get into everything... Make sure to check us out on patreon.com backslash Podcast. That link is down below in the description. We got tons of great rewards for you guys. Like, you can get access to our Discord server. You can get the MVP podcast a month early. The one that Mark and I, it's actually a weird placement mm-hmm. that we talked Game of Thrones. At the time we talked about it, it was normal. It was right yeah. before the series well, if finale. You were, if you were a Patreon, if you were a patron, you would have gotten it. You got to, you got to see that. On time. On time. Everyone else is going to see it this June. You get that podcast a month early, and you have our silver silver tier, rewards tier, is where you get to kind of suggest topics for us to talk about, and then the gold tier, the big one, where you get to come on a podcast and talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about with that podcast. But Mark, let's jump right into it, because we got a lot to dissect here with this whole lockout talk, because it was... Today, and I know that when we came in, like you said, it's like, hey, Ricky, this is not happening like tomorrow. Like we've got some time before this is going down. Two full seasons. But what was kind of reported today, and I'm going from BleacherReport.com, is that Liz Mullen from Sports Business Journal um, had basically reported that Demora Smith, the Players Association Executive Director, sent an email to every NFL agent saying that the union is advising players to plan for a work stoppage of at least a year in length when the collective bargaining agreement ends after the 2020 season. This comes, we're what, 100 days away from the 100th season Mm -hmm. For the NFL, we've got some other stuff here where Smith also told um, Monday morning quarterbacks Albert um, Beer that two years ago that the lockout for 2021 is almost a virtual certainty. And then we've had other stuff like Adam Schefter in the past. You've got Richard Sherman saying stuff about what this could be. And apparently, according to Dan Graziano, this is what the CBA is looking for because the players are just unhappy with the CBA That was agreed to in 2011. And per Dan Graziano from ESPN, changes the NFLPA would like to see made in the CBA include an increased share of league revenue from the current 47% rate. That's number one. Number two, obtaining greater guarantees and contracts and decreasing free agent limitations. Examples being the franchise tag, fifth-year rookie option. Um, The NFL and NFLPA have started negotiations for a new CBA 
though there's no indication the two sides are close to an extension. The thing I want to ask you, Mark, is not mm-hmm. that will this happen, because it kind of seems like a lockout will happen. The thing I want to ask you, and this is the scary part for most fans, will the NFL lose an entire season because of this lockout? So I, I think what we first need to do, though, before I get to that question is mm-hmm. be aware of what unions do in a negotiation process. A union's only leverage mm-hmm. is a strike. Yeah. That is the only thing that they have well, like over the heads it, of the we owners. We see it all the time here in Chicago with the CPS, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know what? We want what we want, so we're going to strike. Well, it's the only move the union has. Mm-hmm. What's their other option? Yeah. Strongly worded letters? Mm-hmm. That, that's <laughs> not going to work. The NFL, in this case for the NFL, the NFL gets paid when football happens. Yeah. You take football away, they don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Um and then for the owner's case, problem started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is their only move. So when the um, the head president, whatever his title is, of the uh, Players Association. Executive director. Executive director. Uh, when he says, hey, everybody, we might have a lockout. I want you to prepare. Be prepared because we might go on strike, essentially, is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. That is part of a negotiation tactic because that's a threat. Mm-hmm. He is making a threat to the owners saying, we're not happy. You're aware that we're not happy and we're already prepared. Mm-hmm. I'm telling everybody last time it was like a hundred whatever days. This time it's going to be a full year. So yeah. you, we're going to, and we're going to make sure our guys are ready. Mm-hmm. Cause that was a criticism last time for certain players that you know, they would not have been able to survive that strike long enough. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the threat. This is part of the negotiation process by just getting them out. Plus, they are the union. They should get their players prepared. Mm-hmm. They should do this well in advance to say, hey, you guys need to be ready. Because if this happens, the guy making those you know, paychecks get cut. Yeah. Well, the guy making 500 a season, mm-hmm. 500000 of course, that's not chump change. I mm-hmm. would love to have $500,000. I wouldn't even go for a season. I'll take it over two seasons. Yeah. You give that to me over two seasons, I'll be thrilled. Uh, really, you give it to me over three seasons, mm-hmm. I'm still going to be thrilled. Anyways. You're talking like the special teamer guys. Maybe. I'm talking about the guy who's making a vet minimum mm-hmm. um, or the undrafted free agent rookie. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about these guys. They do not have that spare money mm-hmm. like maybe Aaron Rodgers has mm-hmm. or maybe Russell Wilson, you know. He's got quite the big paycheck now, right? Yeah. So these guys got money. They're all right. They're set. They've stashed it away. It's those other guys that really need the help. The guy who maybe gets drafted in the seventh but feels like he's a, you know, he's a real hot shot. He mm-hmm. goes out. He buys himself a nice car. He buys mom a house. You know, he does all the good stuff that you want him to do. Lockout happens, and now you've got nothing, and now you're selling cars. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so they're doing what they need to do and what they should be doing as a decent union. Part of the problem is for the NFL uh, Players Association is they kind of created some of this mess themselves. They didn't really do that good of a job negotiating last time. They got certain things they wanted. They got a lot of things in there that are not good on their part. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of realized, well, this didn't work out. So now they're thinking we got to fix some of this stuff too that mm-hmm. we did wrong. So they're really kind of preparing. Do I personally believe that we lose an entire NFL season? No, 
I personally don't believe we lose a single game. Maybe a preseason game, but an actual game that counts, mm-hmm. I don't think we lose anything. Um, and there's reasons for that. Like I said, the players who need the money. There's much more players needing money than not needing money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to piss anybody off for their player, but insert rich player here is not going to be writing checks to the rest of his teammates saying, don't worry, I got you. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen. It's not how it works. Yeah. Um, so that's not going to happen. The other part of it, too, is some of these players who have a window of like three years, that's the average window of time uh, NFL mm-hmm. career lasts, that person who's sitting there going, wait a minute, I don't have that much time in this league. I don't have time to sit around and wait. Mm-hmm. I need to play. It's easy for basketball to miss games. 12 guys on the team. Not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Plus, I mean, what, there's 82 games of that year, so it's like mm-hmm. you get a shortened season. Players in the NBA, they actually like that now because it's like, oh, I don't have to do that whole load management thing because yeah. there's less games to worry about. You get a guy in uh, in the NFL, shortened season, mm-hmm. a lot less games in that case. Well, not necessarily a lot less games, but a lot less percentage and I mean, that are left. And that pay discrepancy is really big for some of these I mean, players. Let's say they do miss like two to four weeks. When you come back, let's say they miss four weeks. That means you have 12 games left. That you're looking at that, it's like, okay, you were making this over 16. Now we're going to take that and kind of switch it to 12. So it's like you'll be yeah. making less than what you were because what you signed up for was a 16 game season. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the team's not going to pay you yeah. that 50,000, 500,000. Most of the teams are not going to be very generous. Yeah, exactly. As much as the Philadelphia Eagles made some great moves, mm-hmm. they're not going to be that generous mm-hmm. to where they're going to pay everybody the whole full thing. And the thing I wonder with this, and this is kind of what comes into. The whole will we miss games, will we won't miss games is so the going back to the things that the players union wants is basically it's three things. They want basically a higher rate on league revenue, which is interesting to see how much of that Mm -hmm. the owners are going to want to give up. Number two, none. The the contract (laughs) guarantee. The owners feel like, like they're giving up too much already. I'll be honest. Like. Two of the three of these, like the only one I could see them possibly winning with Mm -hmm. is the decreasing free agent limitations. Like I could see them saying like, for example, the franchise tag. I could see the NFLPA using Le'Veon Bell as a situation. And we're actually Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I was seeing is people are maybe expecting Zeke to be the next Le'Veon where it's like the wherever they come in with their contract negotiations, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to franchise tag you. You know what? We're going to franchise tag you again. Yeah. I wonder if the NFLPA, especially with something like that, does something where they say, hey, this is BS. I know that it's you can only franchise tag one person, but I don't like they should say if you tag them last year, you shouldn't be able to tag them the next year because basically mm-hmm. it's keeping that player handicapped basically yeah. towards like, what do I sign the tender or do I do what Le'Veon does and I just don't play mm-hmm. for an entire year? And for year. a quarterback, it's great. For, mm-hmm. you know, let's say your kicker really sucks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, like Robbie Goldman, he, I believe he was franchise tagged yep. originally um, from the 49ers. The other two, I just, I don't see any hedgeway being like, Yes, they might be able to up that percentage rate from revenue, but I don't think they'll get to where they want to. And also, obtaining greater guarantees and contracts, 
I feel like the owners are going to look at them and go, how much do you want us to guarantee? Mm-hmm. We're already guaranteeing a lot, especially with those quarterback. Like, yeah. those quarterback contracts, look at the Kirk Cousins. Like, mm-hmm. the owners will throw out, look at Kirk Cousins' contract. And I know he's not like everyone. But it's like, but it what? takes somebody to open do, the door. Do you want a fully guaranteed contract? Because that's not going to happen because of the injury risk mm-hmm. in the NFL. So for me, if it's going to miss games, because this is what we have right now of what they're looking for, it's how much of a stand is the players' association, the players' union going to say? Are they going to say, nope, we're not budging? We're not budging until we get two of these. We're not budging until we get yeah. this mar- bare minimum. And how much are the owners going to back off once they make their kind of line in the sand? And it's tough because all it is, it's, it's the war of attrition mm-hmm. uh, between these two sides. And you're going to have the players union side that says, if we can make them miss money, mm-hmm. they're going to fall pretty quickly, which they've got a point because these are people who are rich who own these teams. Yeah. They're not accustomed to losing money. They don't mm-hmm. want to lose money. And those stadiums are expensive. Taxes, that can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Pl- the salaries of people who aren't in the players' union, those are expensive. Well, it also affects all the stadium workers, too. Yeah. If, it, if they miss mm-hmm. games, they don't have jobs either because there's yep. no game to work at. Which, to be honest, the owners honestly don't really care about that yeah. part, I'm sure. Well, but it's worth th- thinking about the little guy. Right, there, but Mark. that little guy is the person who goes and gets a job somewhere else exactly. and isn't there, maybe. Mm-hmm. So. Just you can ben hurt them in the wall. Not going to be working at Burger King, <laughs> exactly. But the guy who's selling you your Bud Light mm-hmm. probably is. Yeah. Um, where on the flip side is for the owners, where they're standing there saying, "We've got the advantage because as soon as those special teamers, as soon as those guys who are third on the depth chart, mm-hmm. as soon as it starts hurting their pockets, which it will after just a just a game, maybe mm-hmm. even less, uh, those guys are going to put the pressure on the union to." To finally fold so it's tough and, and really i think the union has the tougher side of that battle mm-hmm. because they have a lot more people that they're dealing with they have to keep loyalties and keep enough people motivated uh and that's a really tough thing to do a side thing that i also think about is i wonder how many players coming out like for next year's draft how many players coming out that are going to be those like sixth, seventh undrafted guys where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Like, especially like if you're coming out and it's like, I'm probably going to be a seventh rounder or undrafted. I'm only a junior. You know what? Fuck this noise. I'm going back to school because I don't want to have to deal with working for a year Mm -hmm. and then potentially losing a year. I'm not getting paid anyways. Exactly. I'll go back to school, have a little fun while I'm not getting paid um, for my college anyways and then maybe come out after all this mess has passed Mm -hmm. and hopefully we have a new cba the thing that i kind of want to and bring this up because dave brought this up in our discord group Mm -hmm. is the xfl where dave was like right away ooh, was it was kind of a funny joke of like ooh, was vince's plan all along to do it after the 2020 season I will say I don't know if the if the NFL lockout will affect the XFL at all. No, I don't think they have anything to do with each other. And the reason why I say that is at first I was like, oh, they could gain fans because there could be no season in 2021, but the seasons don't overlap. Like the season for the mm-hmm. XFL starts the week after the Super Bowl 
and ends on their championship game is April 26th. So it's like you have that small window. Yeah. And even then, like you said before the podcast, it's like when we had the NFL lockout in 2011, ESPN's probably not going to talk about the XFL. They're going to talk about the NFL lockout. Oh, we'll talk about what? day two, day yeah. three, day four, day five. Day 95 of the NFL lockout. And that's mm-hmm. where it's going to be, where it might be a negative yeah. for the XFL during their inaugural season. Kind of takes away because all they're ever going to talk about is that. And mm-hmm. you say, like, maybe they can steal some of these young players. Maybe they would rather go there where there's at least a security of a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But you know, a high paycheck. you know the NFL is going to come back. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing. The NFL can miss an entire season, and you know it'll be back next year. Or no one's going to be happy about it, um, especially, you know, if you're a Browns fan, a Bears fan. You know, you're a fan who's like, but wait, my team just got good. And now I mm-hmm. now I don't get football. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's going to come back eventually. Um any of those players are going to rather follow the dream of playing in the NFL. Not too mm-hmm. many people are going to pull a Jim Kelly and say, yeah, I'm going to try the new league and mm-hmm. hope for the best. Um, they're not going to win over too many of these type of guys where I don't think it necessarily is going to matter. Um, they might be able to pull something off because technically those guys might not really be under a contract. So mm-hmm. maybe they will be able to get steal some of them away for something. Uh, well, but that and, sounds like a bit of a mess. And two things. First off. Andrew Luck's father, who's the mm-hmm. um, commissioner, not the commissioner, the GM of the league, he's even denied plans to move the schedule to the fall if there is a lockout. So yeah. they're sticking pat. And with the XFL, just to show how it compares. Because as soon as they did, the NFL's like, all right, we're back. We're back. Well, <laughs> fuck. Um, just to show their kind of pay compared to the NFL, they have four tiers. Tier one is your franchise player designation. You get one player that's between twenty five thousand and sixty thousand. Tier two, three players per team um, get between fifteen thousand and seventeen point five thousand. Tier three, twenty two or twenty three players get between six and ten thousand, and then tier four, eighteen players get between five thousand and six thousand. So that's right. You at home could potentially make more money than a professional football player. Basically. You got to win. I actually remember in college, I, I, uh, this was when arena football was still a thing. For teaching, I would be tier one. There you go. Uh, I remember working there, and the guy in the warehouse, like he had a tryout for the XFL or the arena football team. Mm-hmm. Rush, I think, Chicago Rush. Yep. Um, and I was like, what? Like You're working at Walmart, and you're going to go play on this arena football team? But that's the point. They Kurt might Moore. have to. Kurt Warner was yeah. bagging groceries. They and might have to football, right? Like you, you. I mean, in, you know, mm-hmm. a seventy thousand dollars salary or whatever for that one guy. Sure, that's fine. That's nice. But the guy who's making seventeen thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, he's gonna need to do something on the side. Yeah, and I just coming back to it, kind of to end the discussion a little bit is, I just wonder how much, how much is this is the players union players association gonna get that they want. Because even think about last year, one of the big things that was kind of a bugaboo mm-hmm. was that the players really wanted that extra, like, oh, what was it? In the offseason, basically, it's what we – coaches complain about it now because they don't get enough time in the offseason with their offensive tackles, where it's mm-hmm. like less of the OTAs, less of the um, workouts in the offseason yeah. so that they're not overworking themselves and not getting injured – 
is there going to be something like that where it's like, hey, is it the franchise tag thing that they really kind of harp on? And the NFL goes, all right, we'll give you this, but you got to scratch our back too. And they lose well, out the NFL. on something that's very important, like mm-hmm. I would say league revenue. Well, I was going to say the the NFL always has the such a good piece of leverage, unfortunately, over the players' union of the 18-game season. Mm-hmm. That's what the NFL wants. The NFL wants want to two add two games and yeah, they want to add two more games mm-hmm. to the regular season and the NFL players union does not want that at all. And I completely yeah. agree that we do not need those games. It's going to be a bad idea. Um, but the thing that's great for the, unfortunately, with, when it comes to negotiations to have something that the NFL players Association is so against, they go, mm-hmm. fine, we'll give up those two games, but you got to give up what you want for the revenue share. I mean, I, well, and I also feel like when it comes to the revenue share, they're already at 47. Mm-hmm. The owners are not going to give 50-50. The owners are definitely not going to give the players more revenue yeah. than they're making. So what is it, 48%? Hey, 49? anything's like, better than what they got now. I, I know 1% is more revenue than you have, but it's mm-hmm. like when you're already so close to 50-50 – which is not going to happen because, like I said, the owners Jerry Jones is not going to. Yeah, but you have to fight for it. Fifty fifty. I wonder what's going to take. Like because in my mind the revenue might stay the same or be like forty eight percent. What forty seven point five? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. going to be kind of pushed through? Because, like I said, out of the three that I mentioned, I don't see the revenue going up. If it does, it's not going to go up by much. Could go up like the point five you just said, and I just for sure don't see. The NFL and the owner are saying, yeah, we'll give you greater guarantees mm-hmm. on but those contracts. That's the point of the negotiation. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what's going to happen. I'll give you um, early prediction. Do you think we lose any games with nope. this lockout or is this all bluff? Well, I'm not going to say it's a bluff, but I don't think the NFL, the NFL Players Association can. They're the pe- the players they represent. The majority mm-hmm. of them can't afford to miss these games. Yeah, and I think we'll learn a little bit more depending on what the players' association does to help educate their players and help get them saving up their money wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the odds are it's not going to happen because you know what? I get it. Average career three years. You get a little bit of money. Screw it. I'm going to enjoy myself right now because mm-hmm. I just saw way more money than I ever thought I'd see in my life. Yeah. I'm going to be on the other side. I'm honestly scared that we might lose some football um, in 2021 where I think that this is a little – from what I'm seeing and from the kind of tone of voice, it could be what you're saying, Mark, to, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to make this tough stand now to probably shock the owners and kind of scare them that they might lose some money. But I just – I feel like this lockout is going to be just too – stubbornness just hitting heads and i'm not saying stubbornness is like either side is wrong but i just i feel like these sides there is so much animosity between players and owners between players and roger goodell already that i just feel like that's going to carry over into the lockout discussions and there might be a chance we lose games even if it's preseason games but I am scared that we could lose games in 2021. So I'm on that side, not on the confidence of we're not going to miss anything. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. What Do you, do you think that this is just you want to talk right now? 
so that we can scare the owners and we're not going to miss games? Are you honestly scared that we're going to miss football games in 2021? Let us know what you guys think. But Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And we're talking about my team, the Minnesota Vikings. I wish, though, we were talking about them on better terms as Kyle Rudolph, it was last week reported that, hey, you know what? He could sign a five-year contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Cool. Let's get it done. And then talks broke down. So that's where we're at right now. Five-year extension was on the table. They're not exactly where they would like to be. Before I ask you the question I'm going to ask you, though, make sure to go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us get into the ears of more people get known, and get found by more people. If you're on YouTube, I know you got one. So please go over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and do that today. But, Mark, the thing I'm going to ask you with this is what should the Vikings do with Kyle Rudolph? Because he's entering the last year of his contract. They're trying to get him locked down for five years. They're trying to restructure it Mm -hmm. so that they can use that money in other places. Like, for example, when they restructured other contracts— they were able to kind of, I think it was, it was either Kendricks's contract um, or someone else on the defense. We restructured that contract. We were able to sign Garrett Bradbury, our first round pick from this past NFL draft. What should the Vikings do? Should they re-sign Kyle Rudolph or should they maybe, if talks start going like this and they can't find a common ground, should they look to trade Kyle Rudolph this season? I'm actually on board with the trying to trade Kyle Rudolph. Um, I, I think, and of course, it's going to depend on the value. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there are teams that would potentially give you something good for Rudolph. But I, I look at him and it's like, yes, he's a top 10 tight end, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, but you get a little nervous potentially with those deals because he's going to be 30 this season. Um, and he, like I said, he's a good top 10 tight end but he's had some not as good years as others i mean he's he kind of he's not necessarily fully boom or bust mm-hmm. uh but he definitely has his really strong seasons and his seasons where he's a little almost forgettable yeah um so i don't know necessarily what you want to do for that if you really truly want to commit to that um especially with this uh question mark of Kirk Cousins, not necessarily that he's a big question mark, mm-hmm. but if you're going to get as much production out of Kirk Cousins as you were kind of hoping for. Um, so I don't necessarily know if that's going to be answered so quickly. You know, if you trade him too soon, you might completely miss out on Kirk Cousins coming out there and just lighting it up this season after yeah. he's got a set, you know, he's had one full year uh, kind of figuring things out. Um, although really the playbook change and everything like that because you guys had to fire your offensive coordinator well there's a couple things that have changed but i'll get into that in a second so i it's tough it's hard to bite that bullet Mm -hmm. and really say like yes we should get rid of him because the offense was not very good last year that can attribute to a little bit of not amazing numbers um and then the year before that there was a lot of quarterback injury issues um that once again contribute to some not as amazing numbers uh, you want to hopefully get back to that 2016 season. Um, but before that season, there was a little bit of time uh, of just kind of not amazingness out of Kyle Rudolph as well. So it's tough. You don't want to commit too much, at least in my eyes, to him. Um, 
but he's certainly better than a lot of what you'll find mm-hmm. just on the free agent market. Well, here's the thing that I'm kind of thinking as the Viking fan in the room is, first off, do I love Kyle? Absolutely love Kyle. Um, would I be happy if they locked him down for five additional years? Hell yeah, especially if that reconstruction means that we can use money in other places to pay other players because the one thing that the Vikings are in right now is they are like, think of it this way. Think of if Seattle during the Legion of Boom had to pay Russell Wilson tons of money. That's where we're at. We have a great defense. Most of those players are coming up to big contracts and we're paying our quarterback big money. We don't have the luxury of a quarterback on his rookie deal. So we have to kind of restructure contracts here and there to make room for other players. And I kind of think of, I'm looking at the last three seasons for the Minnesota Vikings, because like you had mentioned, we went through some changes and Mm -hmm. not just with the offensive scheme where we had one offensive coordinator in 2016, then Pat Shermer took over as the interim um, OC in that year. Then Pat Shermer was the OC in 2017, and then we had this year with the whole two OCs, and we thought it was DiFilippo. He wasn't going to be the guy. We fired him. Um, So there have been changes there. Plus, in the last three years, Kyle Rudolph has had a different quarterback each and every year. And the way I look at it, the way I see it, is in 2016, arguably his best, well, not arguably, his best season. I'm just going to go out and say it. It's the year that he had his most yards, He had his most targets. He was targeted 133 times that year and had the most receptions that he's ever had in a single season. It was his best year by far. Who was the quarterback of that team? Sam Bradford, a guy who really likes to lean on that tight end. However, you look at year two when Pat Shermer took over the offense full-time, when Case Keenum became the full starter, you look at the targets, Adam Thielen, 142 targets. Yep. Stefan Diggs, 95 targets. Then Kyle Rudolph with 81 targets. And then this past year with Kirk Cousins, and this is the big one you got to look at because Kirk Cousins, A, is the quarterback that we're looking at right now. And it seems like he's got a great rapport with especially Thielen, but mm-hmm. with uh, Thielen and Diggs. Both Thielen and Diggs, right around that 150 targets this year. Kyle Rudolph at 82. We just drafted also Irv Smith Jr. So the thing I'm kind of thinking about is, do I want Kyle Rudolph on this team? Yes. But if he's going to cost too much, we've got a young tight end. If Irv Smith can give us, let's say, I'd say 50, 50 targets at the least, to 80 targets at the best, it's the same exact thing we're getting from Kyle Rudolph. Of course, mm-hmm. the production comes off of that. Kyle Rudolph had 634 yards this year, and he's a guy that averages around 9 to 10 yards per um, completion. But if Kurt's going to be more reliable on the main two wide receivers, 
why overpay for a tight yeah. end when we have a guy where we can pay cheap rookie deal? Yeah, especially when you got a guy who's 30 and you're going to try and commit him for five years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, they'll, I'm sure they'll structure themselves a way out of it yeah. in two or three years. But it's just one of those things there where it's like if you can get more out of trading him, and you might. Like I said, he's a top 10 tight end. There will be teams that need something like that mm-hmm. that need that safety blanket. I mean, you know, you look at Kittle last year and what he did for San Francisco – Kind of came out of nowhere. And part of that was because where else was the ball going to go? Um, but that is just enormous for a team that can have a very reliable guy. You know, we all talk about Rob Gronkowski, especially now that he's retired, and just having that reliable target right there who's going to help you move the chains. Mm-hmm. That's what Kyle Rudolph can be for teams. Um, I just, just don't necessarily know that you're going to get the most value out of him. Uh, on the Vikings because you have other stuff. But at the same time, been a little bit of those kind of inconsistencies to him to where maybe if you're the Vikings, if you can sell high on him, I think you're kind of better off doing it. Well, and the thing that I kind of look at is right now there's two. If you type in Kyle Rudolph trade, there's two teams that pop up. Both of them are in the AFC East. One of them, and I'm looking at CBS Sports for this, Apparently, last week, the Patriots have reportedly had talks with the Vikings for Kyle Rudolph. Mm -hmm. They're a team right now that they signed Ben Watson. Ben Watson's going to be suspended for the first four games now. Um, They had, obviously, Gronk retire this offseason. They have a pretty big hole at the tight end position. Yep. And Tom Brady's a guy that, A, likes to spread the ball around, but likes to lean on that tight end, and the tight end is a big part of that Patriot system. Another team that people are throwing around are the Buffalo Bills, and that's a team that kind of intrigues me because, like, the Patriots don't really intrigue me with a trade because if I'm getting a trade out of the Patriots, if I'm getting a draft pick, it's not going to be a high draft pick. And number two, basically what I'm trying to get from the Patriots are players that I can use because that's what they have to offer. Maybe they'll give you that Tom Brady guy. Maybe maybe they'll give us that big TB12. But if I look at the Bills, now I'm not saying Kyle Rudolph would definitely be worth a first rounder, but if he is, if the Bills are willing to give up a first rounder, they'd be crazy first of all. For maybe, but that's a trade I'm looking to make because the Bills are a far worse team than the New England Patriots. And they probably will be. But at the same time, Josh Allen needs somebody uh, that he can use as his safety blanket. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I initially want to, of course, make the joke of, well, how far can Kyle Rudolph get? Quickly. Yeah. Like, can he get to 70 yards down there how fast in, like, three your, seconds? How fast is your 40? Because he's only going to, with that bad offensive line, mm-hmm. you only get about three seconds before you got to throw that ball. And yeah. uh, Josh Allen wants to throw it at least 50, 60 yards. Uh, <laughs> but he really could use a great guy like Kyle Rudolph to be that safety blanket, mm-hmm. but still be athletic enough to still uh, get your yards after catch, mm-hmm. still move you forward. Uh, but I don't know. I I kind of could see the Patriots doing it because they're in that situation where it's like, hey, if we got if we feel like there's one thing missing, just it's go get the end. one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, go get the one thing that we need. Tom Brady's going to make anybody look amazing. I mean, they are coming off of a Super Bowl, so yeah. I mean, it's it's not like it's something to where it's like, oh my God, we need that one thing that we were missing last year. No, it's they had this for so long, and they have to, because right now the tight ends 
on their roster. Um, they have a ton, but I'm going to read the top three because they're the only ones that I think have mm-hmm. a chance at playing time. Ben Watson, who obviously first four games suspended. Yep. Um, then my favorite, uh, ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, he's probably going to get time in those yep. first four as the main tight end. But also got to throw uh, some big line I love to Matt Lacoste, um, who's now the third string tight end for the Patriots. Or for in him. this case... Maybe the second stringer because For they like weeks. to run those two tight end sets, so they'll probably get some time next to Safarian Jenkins. Could this team would be so much better if they were able to trade and have Kyle Rudolph and Austin Sarah for Jenkins, and then it, once those four weeks pass, it's Kyle Rudolph and Benjamin Watson mm-hmm. are your main two guys, and then the Patriots would be like, okay. We don't need to panic that Gronk retired. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when you got a guy like Tom Brady, you know you're going to mm-hmm. have success no matter what. Um, the Patriots, I mean, they're a team where, you know, we, we talk about them trading back all the time anyway. So if it has to be a second-round pick or something like that, that's not big that big mm-hmm. of a loss for the Patriots. Um, you know, would the Vikings be willing to make that trade? I'm not 100% sure because – the value becomes a little bit less, but I still stand by the fact of I think you can survive without him. Um, and I think this team would hopefully try and find a little bit more consistency uh, at the position. And I think that get what you can get what you can now, because mm-hmm. like I said, he's not, he's going to this season. He's about to be on the wrong end of 30. Mm hmm. Players don't last forever. Just get what you can. And I know that the one, the big thing is that Kyle Rudolph wants to get this done, obviously, before OTAs. Doesn't yeah. want this to be a distraction. Well, over, he wants it to be done. He wants his contract. Well, there's that, but it's also you don't, as a player, there are some players out there that don't want that to be a distraction for their season. They don't want to be sitting there going, mm-hmm. like, Oh man, I really have to play up this year because now yeah. it's a contract year. Like they want it adds the a security bit of pressure. Yeah, yeah, it adds that security. But the thing that the Vikings on the other side are really trying to do, like I mentioned, and I'll give the exact numbers here. So Kyle Rudolph for 2019 is going to have a 7.625 million dollar cap hit, and Minnesota has less than 1.3 million in cap space. And can't afford to pay him at the price that he wants to need him on the roster. That's basically where we're at right now. So, I mean, it's all going to come down. I know right now you see reports of like Kyle Rudolph where it's like, really want to stay in Minnesota, really like it in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Of course he's going to say that. And I know me, That's like I there. said, I would love to have Kyle Rudolph on this team because he's been here for his whole career. It's not like he's a bad tight end. But the Vikings need to be smart. The Vikings need to be smart and not overpay mm-hmm. for Kyle Rudolph. Because you mentioned age, which is a good one. Also, usage, like I brought up, if it's going to be... The ball can only get to so many people. Yeah. Like, it's not like basketball where everyone can touch the ball in one possession. No. Usually on an offensive possession, two guys touch the ball. Quarterback running back, quarterback wide receiver, quarterback tight end. Like... Two people or quarterback defensive player if it's an interception or mm-hmm. three if it's a fumble or and if the defensive player picks yeah, it up. You know, get tricky. 
But straight yeah, to the straight to the running back, then to the wide receiver, then to the quarterback, Ricky, maybe, and then to another wide may, receiver, maybe. Um, but my mm-hmm. point is, like, not a, the, it, not a lot of people can touch the ball on one yeah. possession like different sports. And if I'm sitting here today, I think if I'm the Vikings, I mean, you want to keep Kyle Rudolph, but at the same time, you got to be smart. I think what I would be leaning towards at this point is, well, you know what. If we can't get to this, I need to explore trades. And then it becomes, what can you get for Kyle Rudolph? Because ideally, I would love to get a first-round pick from him, but I don't think we will. Um, Mm. I think the the highest, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, this is maybe me drinking the purple Kool-Aid. I think the highest pick we could get for Kyle Rudolph would maybe be a second. I think a second is possible if the team is willing to do it and a team mm-hmm. needs it maybe desperate um, enough to do it but i i think a third would be fine i mm-hmm. if i was the vikings i would take a third for kyle rudolph why not mm-hmm. and i mean just to throw out there irv smith jr you know how much he's gonna make this year how much just under five hundred thousand. yep that's that second round pick man four years he makes just under i mean that's his base salary so with his signing he's making about a million dollars um this year but pretty his, nice but his cap hit just over $1 million. Kyle Rudolph, $7 million. So, uh, tomato, tomato, um, which one you'll take. Um, but any final thoughts on this before we move on? Um, if it happens, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Either way, I think this will be very kind of last minute. Do you think – what has a, great, I, a I greater – I vote on the cha- trade. But what do you think has a greater chance? Them getting a deal done before the season ends – Mm-hmm. Or him being traded midseason, um, or before the season. I would say probably. I in that case, I would say that they'd probably get it done before the season. A deal, okay, over a mid mid year uh, trade. Mm-hmm. Unless the Vikings just come out and they lose six in a row, and they're just like, well, bye Kyle Rudolph, buy anything good. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope they don't lose um, six in a row. As I'm very That's right. quickly pulling up that schedule to see who our first six games are. Because I don't, I don't want us it. to lose six in a row. Of course you are. You're a Bears fan. Um, but I'm going to lean more towards, I think it's going to be about 60-40 trade. Um, where I think the Vikings are trying to get a deal done. It's obviously, they haven't walked away from it. Um, but I think no matter what, if you can't get a deal done, a trade needs to happen. You can't let Kyle Rudolph walk. Um, at the end of the season. So I'll say 60-40 in my mind that he gets traded this season compared to um, getting a deal done just because of where they're at in talks right now. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What's going to happen? What do you think about the trade talks? What do you think? Viking fans, do you want Kyle Rudolph? Are you kind of hoping to where it's like, oh, me, I don't want to overpay him because I really just – want this team to be successful and pay the other guys we have to. And if you're a Vikings fan, are you open to the Vikings trading away Kyle Rudolph? Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But Mark, let's move on into our last topic. And before we do, I will say it again, because I said at the beginning of the podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. I didn't do what I usually do. Um, I'm starting to do this, Mark, to try to get people involved in our discord and kind of see what they were missing one thing you're missing is i posted a screenshot of myself playing wow with dave the other night 
And then Mark said I should be playing Persona 5 instead of World of Warcraft after Jake asked me what server, Horde or Alliance, am I going to be playing WoW Classic? So that's the kind of stuff that you're missing because, Mark, you said that uh, I should be playing P5 mm-hmm. instead of uh, WoW right now. Yep, yep. And that's exactly what football players want. Uh, football fans <laughs> want to exactly do. What play WoW. We're also there's NBA conversations mm. in there, NFL. There was a Last of Us conversation. So really, at the really it's whatever tier, you want to talk about. You can get in there, talk with our patrons like Retro, Jake, Pat, Soapy, um, John. You can talk to the MVP crew, or as we're called, the boys. Um, in the Discord server. So go ahead, check that out down below in the description. But, Mark, let's close out the podcast talking about the Dallas Cowboys. How That's right. about them Cowboys? How about them? What we are looking at today is an easy discussion of should the Cowboys be Super Bowl favorites this year. And kind of to set this one up a little bit, if you look at the Super Bowl odds for the 2020 Super Bowl, so this year's Super Bowl, the best odds, Chiefs and Patriots at six to one. The second best odds at eight to one are the Rams. Fourth best or third best are the Saints at nine to one, Colts at ten to one, and then fifth are the Bears, Eagles, and Packers at fourteen to one. The Cowboys, a little bit farther down, they are tied with the Niners, Seahawks, and Vikings at twenty-five to one odds. To win the Super Bowl. So if my understanding of betting is correct, if the minimum bet you have to put down is $100 and you put 100 bucks down on the Cowboys and they end up winning the Super Bowl, that $100 just turned into $2,500 for yourself. You are now a millionaire. You are now a millionaire. Hey, if mm-hmm. you put 100 bucks down on the... if. Either the Cardinals or the Dolphins. Yeah. Put a hundred bucks down on those two teams. Mm-hmm. You want to know how much money you'll win? Sure. Twenty thousand dollars. Two hundred yep. to one odds. So you should do it and you'll be rich. <laughs> well, that's, I mean that's our prediction. If you have a hundred bucks to spare and you think it could happen, nope. why not? Don't need um, to pay rent this month. You don't need to pay <laughs> bet that on, rent. Bet on the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl so, instead. The question is, mm-hmm. should the Cowboys be favorites? Because when if you look at the odds. They're obviously not Correct. at 25 to 1. But this is a team that has Zeke, Dak Prescott, and now in the receiving core, Amari Cooper comes back. They've got Alan Hearns on this team. They now have Randall Cobb in the receiver. Their mm-hmm. top receivers are basically Randall Cobb, Alan Hearns, Amari Cooper, Tavon, Tavon Austin, yeah. and Mike um, Gallup as well. In your mind, Mark. Can't forget about Jason Witten. And Jason Witten coming back. Are the odds makers wrong? Should the Cowboys be favorites for this year's Super Bowl? Well, here's the problem for the Cowboys is... uh, Their division? Well, their division, kind of. But they also need to worry about just the curse that is their division. Uh They won it last year, therefore they can't win it again. (laughs) Also... It's kind of like the NFC South, too. Right? So so they have to worry about that, uh, of not being able to, to win... Back to back in this case, mm-hmm. but you you look at the rest of what they've got. I mean, I'm not super worried about the New York Football Giants, uh, but the last time defending Super Bowl champion Eagles, they ran into some trouble with Carson uh, Carson Wentz getting injured. I almost said Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of injuries, <laughs> but you know with Carson Wentz getting hurt, 
if he can stay healthy, that is such a good team that they should be able to compete again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is there, and he looks like he's a pretty good quarterback. He can at least compete. Yeah, It's a tough division. It's a tough division. It's it's not a sure thing. Do I think the Dallas Cowboys are the best-looking team right now on paper in their division? Mm-hmm. I actually do. I think that Dak doesn't have to be amazing. People want to criticize him and say he's not an elite quarterback or whatever. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. He can do what he needs to do in this system. You've got Zeke who, even though Zeke tends to do things off the field, when he's on the field, he plays really, really hard and he helps you win games. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it last year that we were complaining that they don't have anybody to throw the ball to? Well, they went out and they got a bunch of people to throw the ball to. Yeah. So they still have a good offensive line. It's not as amazing as it kind of was before, but still really good. Got a lot of really talented players on defense as well, even though the defense is a little unproven um, compared to where you want it to be. The Dallas Cowboys are a real team. Are they necessarily a Super Bowl favorite? I don't know, because we got to look at the teams that they have to get past. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, uh, and not all these teams will be in the playoffs, but they got to be able to beat the Vikings. They got to be able to beat the Bears. They got to be able to beat the Rams. They got to be able to beat the uh, the Saints mm-hmm. and the Eagles. There's well, a lot of teams they got to get past. It's first. interesting you say that because every single team you just listed, mm-hmm. they play the Eagles twice. They play the Saints once. They play the Vikings once. They play the uh, Bears once. They play the Rams once. They play the Patriots once. That's seven games. Against playoff teams. Yeah. Like, and then you could potentially throw in... You could throw the Packers in there, potentially. could throw the Packers in there. So that's half of their schedule is against playoff-level opponents. And how I see this kind of year playing out for the Cowboys, because I'm looking at their schedule right now, the most important part of their year is the first seven games. In my mind, they have to, have to, Go five and two, six and one in order to have a shot at making the playoffs. And the reason why I say that, I expect them last year, the only divisional game they lost was one game, one game against the Redskins, and their one of their wins against Philly was in overtime. I expect that to flip. I expect them to sweep the Giants again. I expect them to sweep the Redskins if Dwayne Haskins is starting. Yes, I like Dwayne Haskins, but rookie quarterback, if they if the Redskins win, they're going to have to steal it from the Cowboys. And what do they got right now? Case Keenum, right? Yes, they do. Case yeah. Keenum, which he wasn't bad in Minnesota, but He's we right. saw in Denver he wasn't good away from Pat Shermer. Um, but I think that this this Cowboy team could go, what would that be, 5-1 and one in the division? So that's five wins that they could get right there. But if I look at the first seven, I think they can beat the Giants. I think they can beat the Redskins. I think they can beat Miami because we don't know what right now what Josh Rosen's going to be like for that team. I think they can also beat the New York Jets. The big question for me is what do they do against the Saints, the Packers, and the Eagles? Because if you look after their bye, their Week 8 bye, New England will be tough. Chicago's going to be tough. Los Angeles is going to be tough. And although I said they'll probably go 5-1 and one in the division, the Eagles on the road will be tough. And the Redskins could be a tough team because Dwayne Haskins, if he's playing Week 17, they could be playing for like a, you know what, we're just going to spoil your season kind of a game. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's the Vikings, which, yeah, that's not a for sure loss, but that's still a tough game. And you got to show up and play your best game there to where I could potentially see, let's say they go five and two in their first in their first seven. So they're five and two. Then the Giants, the Lions, the Bills, they're at eight. Then that means you have to beat the Eagles and beat Washington to potentially even win the division or get into the playoffs. Like, that's what I think. It's going to come down to, for them, those last two divisional games for them to be either a wildcard team in the playoffs or even winning the division. And it's going to be tough because their division's not easy. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're discounting the Eagles a little too quickly, um, but that's all right. I, I gave the, I'm giving the split. I mean, I think the Eagles could beat them at home and the Cowboys will win at home, but that's usually how I give my splits. You know, it's going to be tough in this case because, like you said, they've got some really, really good matchups in mm-hmm. here. They're going to play pretty much any of the teams they could possibly play in the playoffs. They're mm-hmm. going to run into them in the regular season. It's going to be hard. Like, 9-7 and seven would be an accomplishment mm-hmm. this season. That's not saying they can't win more 10 or 11, but 9-7 and seven is going to be a real accomplishment here. And that's without assuming that the Redskins don't become really good. The Packers don't bounce back. The Dolphins don't suddenly figure it out because Josh Rosen was, you know, hiding the fact that he's actually a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, or that the Bills suddenly turn it on this year. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen because any given Sunday— um, it's going to be a little bit difficult, I think, for the Cowboys, but they've got weapons. They've got what they need. I've got another interesting fact, and I know that this might stay the same, could, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. Every single loss except for one last year. Basically, the only loss that they didn't have on the road was Tennessee Monday night. Every other game, at Carolina, at Seattle, at Houston, at Washington, at Indy, We're all losses. And the thing I look at this year, and yet again, they could change this, but they need to change it. Because if I just look at their schedule, Mm -hmm. the the Saints are on the road. New England's on the road. Chicago's on the road. You have Philly on the road. That's four games right there that are like, wow, those are tough games. And I know last year in Philly, they won in Philly, but... I'm expecting a better Philly team this year, especially after them trading for Jordan Howard. They're going to have a more consistent running back um, back there for them. That's four games right there that could be losses for the Cowboys if we base it on how they played last year on the road. Yeah, and if you're asking you know, the odds of the team getting in the playoffs— mm-hmm. I'm going to pick them to get in the playoffs right now as it stands. Mm -hmm. The odds of them winning the division, I'm going to probably lean towards them winning the division, but I don't know. That's a toss-up between them and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, How far they can get into the playoffs, like I said, it's tough. I think the Saints are still a really good team. Chicago Bears should become a better offense this year than they were last year, and that defense was the number one defense in the NFL. You're going to still have to play the Rams, who... And unless that Super Bowl hangover really kind of gets them, which it very well might, um, they're going to be a good team. The Vikings, they're going to want to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins hopefully getting used to this one team. Ga- one fucking game away, man. One and game away. The Packers were a surprisingly bad team last year, mm-hmm. um, partially because Aaron Rodgers never got over that injury 
week one. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with new coach Matt LaFleur because mm-hmm. Mike, Mike McCarthy was kicked out of town. Exactly. He basically got, uh, you know what, I'm not going to say it. That was a spoiler for Game of Thrones. I'm, people get mad when I spoil that on non-Rick like Rick right? and Johnny podcasts, so uh, I won't say it. The thing I'll say, you know, what Aaron Rodgers is probably scared about, of course, is week one got injured by Khalil Mack. Week two, he's going to see Khalil Mack again. He's coming right back for him. Um, <laughs> open open up the NFL season, he gets to see Khalil Mack. Right, that would be the, I mean, that hey, was... Aaron, I missed you. Right, Sunday Night Football, that was kind of the, I mean, luckily it worked out fine for the NFL rating-wise mm-hmm. because... Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers and made them come back. But that was like a worst nightmare of like, really? Sunday Night Football and you injure the star of the entire league who's not Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. Uh, if now the very opening game, welcome to year 100 and Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Um, that would uh, that would really be a bad one for, for the mm-hmm. NFL. And, you know, you don't want anybody to get injured. But yeah, I'm gonna, that's a side note. I'm going to go ahead and say... If the Cowboys, if the Cowboys win the division, expect them to. If they win the division, their odds of winning the Super Bowl increase. Because to of me, course. the biggest thing with this team, and I know this is based off of last year, but they got to prove to me that they can change, is winning on the road. If this team's a wild card team, they're losing that first game. Like, the big thing is, like, even that Seattle-Dallas um, game last year, mm-hmm. it was a close game for the most part. Cowboys edged out the Seahawks because they were at home. They could feed off of that home energy crowd. If that was in Seattle, would have been a completely different game in my mind, especially because it's how hard it is to play in Seattle. And the thing that, like, the reason why I say they have to also win the division is here's the teams that could be better this year that missed the playoffs by half a game or three games. The Vikings, who were 8-7-1 and one last year. I expect Atlanta to bounce back. They were 7-9. and nine. Carolina, I expect them to have a better season than 7-9 and nine this year. And Green Bay, I expect them to have a better season mm-hmm. than 6-9-1. and one. And then in asterisks, because I know that you're going to sit there and go, well, Ricky, he hasn't proven himself. In a, If Jimmy Garoppolo plays an entire season, I will throw the asterisk that the 49ers could be a wild card team to compete for a wild card spot. They'll be the double wild card. A wild card double for wild. the wild so card. So it's a wild wild card. Yeah, wild wild card. You never know. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. That's why we play the game. It's exactly because it's like we didn't expect the Bears. The Bears were, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a bad team they in were? 2017. They made changes and they were the third overall seed. I just feel like Dallas, their biggest thing is I don't see them winning the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because let's say they win the division. I see the same thing they had happen this year where they'll win that first game. Yeah. Then walk into either New Orleans, L.A., Chicago, and then lose. Because Chicago doesn't have Cody Parkey. So, I mean, that's an instant just better we hope. better odds for the Bears we to hope. win. Um, because you don't have Cody Parkey on that team. One last question I want to ask you, and this mm-hmm. is kind of off the Cowboys Super Bowl um, discussion. And more on a discussion that could gain some steam later on, like after the season. So there's an article I read today, I believe it was from ESPN, where basically because Zeke, he's got this year, mm-hmm. 
and then he's got next year. In your mind, could Zeke become the next Le'Veon Bell situation of like mm-hmm. him and the Cowboys not reaching a deal on a contract extension and him being in that franchise tag hell yeah. before he's I think let he, go like Kirk Cousins? I think he could. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys actually do a pretty good job of being good to their players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really see that happening, but it could. Because they also got Dak coming up after this year. They do, and we'll see what happens with Dak Prescott and if they are going to truly mm-hmm. buy into him in the future. Um, but for me, I look at Zeke. He's way too good. They can't mess it up. And I also don't see Zeke going as far with Le'Veon Bell to be like, all right, see you later, because uh, that didn't work from mm-hmm. Le'Veon. Um, so... Could he? Yeah, totally. But I, I do actually think the Dallas Cowboys will be good to him. I'll be completely honest. I'm looking right now. I do not want Jerry Jones's job. You want to know why? Because they got a lot of people they got to pay. Well, just after this year, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Alan Hearns, Randall Cobb, and Tavon Austin. Do they keep all four of those? No, but I'm expecting them to maybe keep two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe two of them and. Either Hearns and Cobb, one of those two, and then Amari Cooper. Then you've got Jason Witten. He'll probably retire. Um, He's a free agent anyways. But then it's like you've got, um, let's see, Robert Quinn's a free agent. You have Sean Lee's a free agent. Mm -hmm. Jalen Smith is a restricted free agent. You've got, what, about seven of your secondary, so safeties and corners, are all free agents after this so year. this is the year. Got to make it happen. They've got a ton of people to pay, and they've got two, three looming contracts coming up, possibly four with Sean Lee, that the big three is Dak and Amari this year, then Zeke next year. How are they all going to keep that in motion? I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys, Dak or Zeke, gets the franchise tag. My money's going on Zeke because... The quarterback is a position you want to lock down and pay mm-hmm. before anything else. Last thing I will ask you, though. if So 25 to 1 is what Vegas put. Mm-hmm. What would you put as a percentage that the Cowboys not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but make the Super Bowl? I mean, I would say, it's, I would say that's pretty... Maybe a little less than that. I would give it like 15. Only because I, I Saints, really good. Bears, so you're saying good. 15% chance to make it. To make it. Okay. You know, I just wanted Rams, to make sure people weren't construing that as, oh, Mark gave them 15 to 1 odds to make it, because that would mean a better That'd be chance. really nice. Yeah. Uh, no, I 15% <laughs> shot. Um, there's a lot of good teams in the mm-hmm. NFC that are going to be competing. Yeah, I think, honestly, like 25 to 1 is nice for the betting odds, but I think it's around what you said, maybe like a – 15 to 20% chance mm-hmm. they make the Super Bowl. Because like I said, you got to win on the road, and especially in the playoffs, unless you're going to be the number one overall seed, which I don't see the Cowboys being this year. Because like I said, Bears, Rams, Saints are all more better favorites in my mind to be one of those teams. I just don't see it in the cards for them to win a big road game when they have to. But this is when you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. We love talking to you guys. For example, we had um, Smallville on um, our Bucks video where we talked about Jameis Winston. I love fans because you guys are passionate about your teams. Me and him 
Got into a little discussion about Jameis Winston. Very nice discussion. I want to have that same one with you guys, with Cowboy fans. If you guys are unhappy with something that we said, let us know. Let's start that discussion down below in the comment section. Also, make sure to check us out on Patreon. That's how you support us. Make sure we can keep doing these podcasts for you guys each and every week. Make sure to also rate the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Every five-star rating helps us get into the ears, or as I like to call them, the ear holes of more people so they can listen to the podcast. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.